Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Sap. It is the Sex Actually podcast with your host, Dave Neal. Tasha Courtney is about to join me in a moment. We just recorded an episode with Charlene de Guzman. She is an actress and writer and stars in the upcoming film Unlovable, which comes out November 1st, streaming online November 2nd. I love that you have the option to watch it on the big screen or stream it for all of those homebodies that just want to sit at home in their undies and watch a movie. Which, by the way, I think you could just do that in the movie theater. You might get kicked out. I don't know what AMC's policy is these days. Anyway, folks, we had a great chat with Charlene. She is a recovering sex and love addict, and her movie is just about that. It's about the struggle from the female perspective of dealing with a sex addiction, which is something that I wouldn't call it taboo, but it's uh, it's a little uh, new uh, in the terms of people are finally addressing these issues. Uh, and how to become a better you know, version of yourself, feeling that self-love, and um, how to deal. We talk about how to deal with triggers, all the different things that uh, cause you to kind of spiral out of control. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And also, feel free to write in sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have some uh, listeners in uh, Europe that just wrote in. I'm going to read that next episode. Um, I love it when recurring listeners write in. We got mail this week from Vic. Vic, we love you. Thanks for that. Thanks for uh, sending us your nice little newsletter. It's amazing. I love how talented and creative some of our uh, audiences. We uh, this is a two way street. We love hearing from you. Share your art with us. Share what. Tell us what you're working on. What's going on? How's how's your love life? Sex, dating, relationships. How your parents doing? Did you decide to talk to them yet? Uh, Thanksgiving's around the corner. You're gonna make that cranberry sauce and you know have some political conversations with your uncle Craig. What are you going to do? We're we going to overcome this. Darren, are you listening? We know your parents support Trump and you don't. Get over it. You're not going to change their opinion. Just love them. I don't know. Anyway, you guys are going to love this one right in. Oh, if you want any soap, we're making the soap. We got the soap, baby. You can look at some of our old soap. We need to upload the new soap to our Instagram at Tada Soaps, T-A-D-A Soaps. But we have, um, we have a new batch. We just made 16 pounds of soap. Christmas is around the corner. So what we're going to be doing, I think... Uh, I should be more confident. What we will be doing is making a gift box that you can purchase if you want to send soap to any of your friends. I know we've already got um, orders on the way. Uh, We don't have like a direct checkout yet because we're still making the soap, so we don't know exactly which uh, styles of soap we're going to use. But what's the kind that we just made? We made like cinnamon and clove. What's it called? The holiday soap? The Holiday Spice, it's amazing. Our whole place smells like a cinnamon broomstick right now. And uh, we're going to be making some peppermint soap and a few different other organic, all-natural soaps, uh, which you know we just make for fun, but we decided we'll finally be sharing it with our friends. So anyway, if you want some, or at least to be put on the waiting list for that soap, it'll ship, obviously, in time for Christmas. Uh, that's a couple months away, but we'll have... Actually, is it, is it two months away today? Jeez, it's close. Oh, boy. Anyway, who knows what to get our friends for Secret Santa or Yankee Swaps, right? It's always the shittiest of gifts. Well, why not just get them soap for your smelly Republican uncle? (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with being smelly. Hey, folks. These are jokes. Anyway, you're going to love this chat. Enjoy this episode of The Sap. Baby. 
Not with that brush yeah. either. He's like way overdue for a dentist visit. I got him that uh, sweat that sweater like three days ago, and it's already like brown on the bottom just because he's short. He's a little filthy. These short legs, filthy. <laughs> All right, jump right into it. Yeah, let's go. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. Your host Dave Neal, Tasha Cordy, and hello, Charlene De Guzman. How are hello. you? Welcome. Good. Thanks for having me. I know you don't know us, but we got to watch your film last night, oh, wow. so we feel like we know you. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's called, strange seeing you jump from the screen to like in our living room. It's called Unlovable, life. but we loved you. Oh, it was very sweet. Good. And it's a film about sex and love addiction. Yes. Which is great because we're the Sex Actually podcast. I don't know. I think my addiction is more of a codependency. That's uh-huh. my thing. But I, I appreciate the 12 step mm-hmm. program with how like you have to like acknowledge what's wrong with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> how does someone who's just like a cheery, smiley person figure out that they're fucked up? Um, I always say, because people ask me all the time, like, well, how do you know it's an addiction? Like, sex and love are necessary parts of life. Um, isn't, you know, drama and romance and obsession, all that kind of stuff, just a part, like, a real life, and it's just normal? But, you know, for me, when it destroys your life, it's something to look at, you know? If you can't leave your partner after 17 times, there's a problem. If you're having sex with an unavailable person just to get a crumb of attention, there might be a problem. Yeah. For me, I almost killed myself because my ex-boyfriend didn't text me back after I hooked up with him. So I knew then that I needed to really get some help. Like after, the, yeah. after you started, like in the, when the relationship was early on, he wouldn't get back to you or just I mean, he was unavailable from the get-go, but of course I pursued him. Um, and then uh, I started the program to try to save the relationship because it was just shit. Um, so then we broke up after 30 days and then I slept with him after a few months after that. And then he ghosted me after that. And then the pain at at that point, I think since even having a little bit of recovery, like hurt so bad that I just thought I was crazy and I wanted to die. So this is your story. This is autobiographical. It's Mm -hmm. semi-autobiographical. It's based on some of my experiences and like, experiences of a sex and love addict but it's not exactly my story Mm -hmm. but a lot of it's in there because we're all like we're all psychos when we don't get the response in time i mean tasha (laughs) so we've been dating for five years Mm -hmm. or going on five years and i'm still like yesterday you didn't even respond back to me you just sent me a photo and i was like what "What the fuck tasha (laughs) sorry i'm not making this about me but i'm like what the fuck like i'm i'm out here working and i'd like you know what i mean i i I don't know and i was like um is this the silent treatment where you'll send me a photo back sometimes you're just busy doing other things (laughs) that's really all it comes down to babe sorry i wasn't paying attention do you i mean if you could if you you could like if you had the secret to getting over the neediness of needing a text message back mm-hmm. you'd be rich right because it's I like i have a solution though because it worked for me okay oh let's hear it learning how to love yourself and filling that void yourself because nobody else can do it it'll only be temporary and fleeting until you fill it yourself that sounds Absolutely. too hard that sounds- <laughs> no, it is the hardest thing to do but it's the most important thing. it is the most important and we've talked about that on here before it was nice to see in the film you know one of uh, Melissa Leo's rules was like find something to do yeah. <laughs> you know find yeah. something to do and it's true that like a lot of people write in and they say you know I can't I don't I'm not finding anyone I'm looking for the one like I, the, you know nothing's working out and it's like well you've got to love yourself first you've got to be committed to yourself your own hobbies don't drop your hobbies Absolutely. as soon as a guy comes into your yeah. life like that's not productive yeah. people are going to love you because you are passionate about things yeah. that make you happy yeah because before 
before recovery, I didn't even like because I got into recovery and had to get like sober off dating sex guys, whatever. I realized I had no idea who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what made me happy. I didn't know what my purpose was. Like, I seriously didn't know who I was because I was always trying to be what I thought these guys wanted me to be. And so it was like a big shock to realize, like, I had no idea what I liked. How did you find those things? What were your things? Well, one of those things was writing. And that's why in 2014, when I started recovery, I wrote a pilot based on my experiences in five days. And that's actually what I sent to Mark Duplass, where he emailed me the next day and was like, I want to meet you and I want to make a movie. And that was a cold call to an amazing... It was a DM. Yeah. On Twitter? Mm -hmm. Wow. To to a a filmmaker who's doing shit in town. I mean, he's... (laughs) he's, you know, he's that's that's not a nobody. He's uh, that's a great. And so, were you, were you was it therapeutic for you to just send it off, or you're like, no, he'll get back to me right away? Well, because it the, a year before that, he had started following me on Twitter, and I sent him a DM that just said, "Oh my god, thanks for following me. You're one of my heroes." And he wrote back, "If you ever have anything that you've written that you want to send, just send it over." But I hadn't had anything at that point. Oh, amazing! But a year later, I did, and so I sent it. How long was your process? You said five days writing. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's like my addictive energy. It's just like, as, yeah. long, as long as I focus to something good, then it's like... Yeah. You're all in. <laughs> Up all night, scribbling yeah. on the floor. Well, yeah. well, I think, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I think in entertainment, we're all, we all have addictive energy. Just do sure. stand-up comedy, and I'm just like See a me, psycho. <laughs> yeah, like, like, why aren't you even looking at... And it's like 99% of the time, or probably 100% of the time, it's not you. It's just people are doing their own shit. <laughs> but we just, we, we focus it all on these insults. Like, our ego is like, just wants that attention. And it's, um, it's, and it's re- it must be really hard with writing, because you're not, you're not getting any instant feedback. You're just, you're letting out. Out, but you're not getting any of those affirmations. But sometimes letting out is the most therapeutic it's thing. Really you great, yeah. well, and I think that's part of like sharing is so powerful at twelve step. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like that's when people get so emotional saying and listening is because there there's a release. We it's hold really all powerful, of that yeah. stuff mm-hmm. inside of us, store it like mm-hmm. deep in our mm-hmm. tissues, and you know, it, a lot of the times you you don't know who to talk to. You don't have an outlet, or if you're talking to your friends, you minimize how you're really feeling and so to be able to be truly open and honest is like earth shattering it is it's it's powerful and it's not rare it's not rare that we look look in how we can please other people like you said you were looking to fill you know what what did guys want you know and it's that's a scary thought because what guys are just i mean not not to clump us all together but we want sex and rowdiness i mean to to a point where we graduate from that there's like your 20s are not a time to want to know what the guys want (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean there's exceptions to that but it's like there's a lot of experimenting going on with like finding out who you are and stuff so it's and it's not i mean i didn't i still don't know what i want but uh I'm not like I don't know. I I think we've we know each other's ad- addictions and we know what triggers each other to the mm-hmm. point where like I can't tell Tasha to calm down. I I say it as a joke sometimes. <laughs> I'm like Tasha, just calm down, and she goes, "Why did I?" <laughs> I just like I know that if I tell her what to re- do remotely, she like she's like growl at me, and it's like you know you have to learn in a way how to deal with each other's issues but it must be tough though when people don't know what your triggers are because in the end it's like you have to really be the first one to like draw the line in the sand to say like this is what i'm not okay with yeah like how did you how did yeah i'm actually curious uh in the end of the movie melissa leo said um we've got a 
work on like your dating yeah, steps. I did a what, dating plan. I did a dating plan. What does that entail? I mean, it sounds so complicated because I mean, it's like, okay, let's tell an alcoholic how to walk into a bar and like be okay. Right. It's like a very scary. It is. Well, to it get to the dating terrifying. plan, can I just can I just do a brief without spoiling anything? Uh, so basically, you find out you have an addiction. You find out that like you, you, you know you think you think it's really not that big of a deal, and then it just you know rock bottom, right? Mm-hmm. You're and hurting then, the people that you love. You're hurting yourself. And Time then to in get the twelve step program, they want you to be thirty days sober, mm-hmm. and that's like their, your first goal is to just make yeah. it to thirty days. Yeah. And is that like is that just a big step because the early on it's really tough to commit? Yes, because I know from my personal experience, even hearing thirty days, I was like, how do you do thirty days? For me, it was like I, it was just the thirty days, even not contacting your ex. Which right. Was like what? But then once I got to the thirty days, I remember coming back and being excited. I'm like, what's next? And they're like, another thirty days. And I was like, fuck <laughs> <no."> <laughs> um, I thought that was a parade of dicks waiting for me at the end of the thirty days. What are we doing? Oh my gosh! So I just had to do it like thirty at a time because it was so fucking hard. Listen, <laughs> I understand thirty days when you when you want to text an ex. I, yeah. I've had a few very toxic breakups where like I was I was I had moved across the country or I just like uprooted my own like who I was. So I put all of my energy into that receiving that text message to mm-hmm. the point where you're weighing how many texts you received versus sent uh the quality of the text did they ask you questions back like it's not good enough just to receive a text at first that's all it is like just get the text back i got it all right that's like your heroine and i was like okay but they're not furthering the conversation what the fuck are they doing right now <laughs> then you go on their facebook and you see that they just deleted a photo they posted <laughs> yeah. and you're like who the fuck's in that photo it's gone now <laughs> but it's but you it was and that's like a real thing and it's a spiral man yes. so you make it to 30 days how how was that the hardest part or what, like what was that Yeah, I feel like I was probably crying and in pain for the first hundred days, I feel like, with like in major withdrawal, like withdrawing from any kind of substance, the same exact thing. Like I was in pain. And it also, along with the the sobriety is, is no alcohol as well. Well, for me, I think I drank sometimes, but I mean, it didn't help me with my other areas of sobriety, so I probably stayed away, but it's different for everybody. Um, In the program, like, you find out what your, like, bottom lines are, and so that could be different for people, whether that's, like, porn, masturbating, or talking to a specific person. For me, on my plan, it was, sober was, like, no contacting the ex, no masturbation, no sex, no dating, no flirting, like no intriguing with people through text or, you know, strangers and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like how Tasha's got to um, go on a diet where she she eliminates a lot of different foods because she has Lyme disease. And then you and, and then you're like, you have to limit. She just found out today she can't have eggs. And she's like, I'm so bummed. Oh, I'm like addicted to you gotta, like, get... RX bars mm. and they have eggs in them. But the thing that's going like on 10, in is there like 10,000 and you need an RX bar. Literally going just to like red meat, and then you and then and then from there, you, if you can do that for a month, then you bring back a you know a little bit of salad, or you bring back other things. Like that's it's like uh, that, that's what you have to do for your diet to like know what the triggers were or what was f- fucking you up. And with an addiction, I mean, like, do you bring back? Uh, do you go? Okay, I made it ninety days. I can masturbate now. Well, Is I, there like I went a whole w- year without it because masturbating was a hard one for me. So I did a year, but I went a whole year and a half like sober off stuff. No dating, no guys, no nothing. And then I brought in a dating plan because it was time. And I knew it was time because I was telling friends um, that I'm so happy and I could be single forever. And that's a miracle because at that point before, I had my first boyfriend when I was 12 and I had jumped from boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend. Wow. 
And that's the that's the detached power that you feel. Oh, it was to so say, I'm amazing good. I'm to all right. actually be like, wow, I could be single forever because I'm having a great time. Like, I yeah. love my life. And there's such I... a difference between like being single and going on lots of dates yeah. because, you know, that's sort of like what we hear about and talk about. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. when you're single, it's like, yes, it's working on yourself, but it's also like meeting people. But you, for you, being single was just doing you. I know. And being was, happy doing I got doing so you. much done. Like, it's like I made a movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can so, see why you would want to be so single clear, like, like putting the focus on myself, like to see my potential was kind of amazing. Hey, it goes both ways with men too. It's like when we're single guys, that's what my biggest fear is like, am I not doing enough that now that we've got Netflix and Sunday <laughs> nights together, it used to be my Sunday single would be like, I'd go for a long run and it was like me, 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 me. And now it's like, what time are you coming home? And I'm making like butternut squash and I'm like, is this anybody? It's great. <laughs> but, but what, what we have to focus on now is getting back to that place balance. that balance yeah. yeah where we're not where we're also doing our own things which which it's it's sort of like a pendulum that's sort of like writing exactly. its way you don't want to swing in too far in either direction yes. yeah but when when tasha and i met i'm pretty sure you were so detached i think you gave up on men altogether I think when we were friends, you were like, I'm done dating men. And that's when I was like, well. Yeah, I think I was maybe <laughs> in that place for a little while. After a breakup, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is very hard. And, you know, trying to meet new people, it, it can be fun and exciting, but it can also be disappointing. And so. A lot of people will place their anger, though, after a breakup or whatever life events happen. A lot of people place their anger outward. Like, like was there, for you, was there any, like, accusing other people of being the reason that you were fucked up? And I mean, fuck, oh we're all God. Gosh, absolutely like- that was such a big part of my recovery was like seeing how when I wrote it out of like all of these guys that I was mad at it's like it just like starts like obviously with my parents it's like being mad at my parents for being these ways and then swearing to myself that like I would never end up with people like my parents or be like my parents and then of course ending up like my parents and dating my parents um, and then blaming it on them, but seeing that every single guy I even chose, it's not like they even lied to me. Right off the bat, they were like, I'm not looking for a relationship. I just want to hook up. Like, I don't really, I'm not that into you. Like, very clear from the get go, but me falling all the in love. red yeah. flags that yeah. you're just painting white. Yeah. <laughs> you got that spray paint. You're like, all right, let's, uh, this red flag doesn't belong. <laughs> Yeah. I think I saw the red flags and I was like, that's so pretty. <laughs> well, what I loved is in the movie, you use a bar as like this central, like one of your triggers where it's like, if you show up to this bar, bad oh, things then I'm are going to happen. Act out. Yeah. Like I, lo- I just loved that that was like a very simple and specific place. It wasn't so that like... you knew that what was going on. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it was it like that in real life or like were other... Pl- are you like, oh, I can't go to Cabo Cantina or is it like, <laughs> you know... No, I, I don't think I had a specific spot, but it's definitely... You know, drinking was definitely when I look back at my 20s, especially when I did drink a lot, it was always because I was trying to like get over someone like now when I even look back at like the drinking problem, it was like, oh, it's because I didn't want to feel the feelings about this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. And in, I mean, it's 2018. Like, I think we're a lot more respectful of people's addictions and, and what their issues are because we've all got them in our own sort of thing, whatever we deal with. But, you know, guys like David Duchovny went to sex. Uh, he, he, he was a sex addict and people just like laughed about it. Like, oh, Dave's it's, fucking too much. Yeah, I mean, like, sad. is it? Is is it something that wasn't being taken seriously? Because you started this, like, what, four years ago, this yeah, process? Yeah, it's just like there's such a stigma on it. And what I find interesting, too, is like, because there's the program Sex Addicts Anonymous, but there's Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, which is the one I did. And it's like, 
so different and specific, and I feel like so many people can relate to it, but we don't even know about it. So the first time my friend even told me about it, and I like read the characteristics, I was like, oh my god, to see like my life like written out as like a list. What would you say? Some of the characteristics. Uh. Mistaking things for love like dependency, physical attraction, sexual attraction, rescuing, rescuing, being saved. Um, so how do you know if it's love when you when you do get your dating like when you go to the I dating think, plan? Um, for me, because like so the dating plan is like you have to get to know a person before you commit to them or have sex with them. Because for me, before then, I was sleeping with people immediately like I like as even soon dating. as you met them like as soon as i met them like drunk you know not knowing them at all and then like thinking i'm in love with them and then like working backwards from there yeah like all of my boyfriends were just like one night stands that stuck which yeah. could work for some people but it's probably not the right thing if if you know it's like well it, we've it, talked about that i have very my own personal views that i've shared on the podcast for a couple years now is that i appreciate an old-fashioned style of dating it works it it makes such <laughs> it a makes difference <laughs> because then you don't have something happens when you have sex that connects you to another person chemicals. i mean it's so yeah. it is it's chemicals oh, it's touches so oxytocin just like punched me in the face when we, shut up um but she was like oh what are you doing later i was like um, i gotta go to a show oh okay and like started walking with her burrito i just got her and i was like oh what where did that come from all right but what i was trying to say is that you know it's so intimate like literally letting another person enter inside of you it's yeah. a very vulnerable experience and there's so much to be gleaned from just having a simple date with someone a simple conversation not having any expectation that we're even going to kiss yeah. or definitely not have sex yeah. on the first date, you know, plan some time to get to know somebody, let them, yeah. um, like woo you, you know, yeah. let them like prove to you that they are worthy of yeah. you. And if someone's not right for you, you'll learn within those first few days. And you so walk you away. Yeah. See, can I tell you about this plan that I did? Yes, please. So it's basically from my plan that I did, it was like the first month it's one date per week and it's a day date. So it's like, a coffee date, like outside, like broad daylight, sober. Clear standards. Like, like clear. One to two hours, like, you know, very. It has to be structured for a love addict because, like, before it would be like, I'm in love with you, and then now we're like going to Mexico for a weekend, you know? Like, that kind of shit. Like, to just stay away from that. Yeah, stuff. you only get one day per week. So, like, you're not way, allowed to. Sounds like every Matthew McConaughey film. Like, I love you. We're going to Mexico. All right, cool. It's like, can we just watch That's that rom-com? That's a fantasy. Yeah, um, and then, like, the second month, if you make it that far, it's like, now you can do a night date. But it's still, like, one or two a week. Um, little co- um, texting in between because, like, that would be bad for me, too, because I get, like, obsessed. And then all of a sudden, I'm, like, not paying attention to my day because I'm texting all day. How did you limit that? Just not doing it. And if you have something urgent, just call the person. Because once you get rolling in a text convo, you just start. It just becomes a thing. It's just the a dopamine, hit for me. It's mm-hmm. lottery. And these cell phones, like Facebook, is they're all built by, like, casino yeah. programmers. Gamification. That's they're what they call it. They're built to keep your attention. So you get a bling, people over here, and then it just becomes, like, yeah, yeah it's tech a fucking, Addiction is a huge thing nowadays. Video yeah. game addiction—they're putting more and more kids into programs. Oh there needs to be, and I've said this before, there needs to be an app 
where if you want to send a text, it it routes through like eight of your friends, and a, and a majority of them have to approve of it before it goes out. Wouldn't that be a great thing to have to be like? I mean, that doesn't solve when your issue. When you're late at night, drunk texting your ex, <laughs> and yeah. it's like, and at least like thirty percent have to approve of it. And if one of your fr- two of your friends is like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, you're not sending that out, then <laughs> it's like like the goalie keeping you. That's I don't know. Actually, really smart. Yeah. Um, and then um, the third month, uh, you know, you can do. Did we have it where we had a part where you, we were sleeping over at each other's places, but then we still weren't having sex. But it was cool because I got like for me, I went on a couple of dates where I only made it to date two. And it was so cool because it was like I knew so clearly that I wasn't into these guys. Yeah. Like, they were great, but I'm like, I don't like this guy. And then I was able to walk away. And no hurt feel, you know. I never had sex with them. So yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like that blew my mind so much. And it was <laughs> like, I didn't even have to have sex with them. Yeah. And now I'm not like in love with them for the next year. Like <laughs> wasting your time on the wrong person. Now are they, yeah. are, how transparent are you with them of what you need? Well, and, and, and did it scare anyone away? you give them both like a them, heads up both immediately? Both of them like knew who I was. So they like, they knew because, you know, especially even with my social media and stuff, I'm just very out about my story and everything. So like they knew what was going on okay. and they knew what my plan was. Um, but it wasn't until I met my, well, I knew my boyfriend as like an acquaintance at this point. But we reconnected um, and had so much in common when we were really talking and like we realized we both needed the same thing of like f- needing to find someone who goes really slow because we have very similar issues and similar tr- uh, childhood trauma. And so it was so interesting to be talking and be like, oh, like we're ne- looking for the same thing. So we like tried the plan, but it like, kept going because it was so great like so even like we did the first kiss after a month and that was like the most insane first kiss i've ever (laughs) had because i've always just been drunk and hooked up yeah i never had a first kiss it's gotta be like giving up sugar and then eating an apple yeah and you're like oh (laughs) nature's the secret that's exactly what it was like so it was just so so wonderful like i it really showed like how the plan is a good idea for people like me. <laughs> yeah. Or just people in general who are trying to like, I don't know, get to that next level. Yeah. And is this a standard plan or something that you took of uh, what the 12 steps were, were offering and you kind of made it work? Yeah. Cause you have to like make it work for what you need. Cause like for me, it was just about slowing it down as much as possible. Since I'm usually the one to be like, I just want to marry you right away. Now everyone's <laughs> got different levels where like, there's plenty of, you know, friends or we all know that are struggling with alcoholism where they have to go every day they've got to go to meetings every day like is it um is there is there pressure there either within you or within the community to be constantly working on i think it's different for everybody did you i mean did you feel like you were sort of like conquering it at any point and then slipped or was it like definitely i had a few slips i remember my first slip was a stupid slip because it was because i checked my ex-boyfriend's like social media which was on one of my bottom lines which seems really silly and that's why i didn't like count it as a slip you said bottom line is in it's a no-go yeah don't do it so like my sponsor at the time though when she noticed it when i told her so casually she was like oh that's one of your bottom lines and i was like but 
But it's just, it's just, I just looked at his Facebook, but it was just like it counted. And I remember like crying so hard because I was such a perfectionist kind of A plus student kind of person. So to like have gone six months and then like have that huge setback. Ruin it because I looked at his Facebook Does page. that mean you have to go all the way back yeah. and go, oh man. But that was a good lesson because I, I think, I think a, a good <laughs> thing, a part of my recovery was learning how to be an imperfect person with flaws. Mm-hmm. And like, that's when you really get to practice loving yourself because it's easy to do when you look perfect and everything's great can you still love and be gentle with yourself when it doesn't look that great or how you want it to yeah. look like? and of course having these boundaries it's good because it, it gives you the structure to know when you've pet when you've crossed the line somewhere yes. which might sound you know people listening it might sound like not you know not crazy to go look at someone's social media but it's like if you have a porn addiction geez right. you start to, and then next thing you know it's you click on the wrong slope. thing and you don't want to be like cutting corners or like little little cheats. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know those those add up you to can't. big cheats. Yeah, you can't do the little. Made me think. Am I addicted to porn? <laughs> Made me think. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think you're addicted to porn. Yeah, I don't are think you, so. Are you watching I porn in no, secret it, that I don't know about? Well, like here and there, but like I'm not. You know, some people be like, and then the third hour, I finally settled on the video. I want. I was like, <laughs> well, no, I've got better time management than that. But <laughs> once in a while, you like stumble on something. You, the Again, internet's if a it vile destroys place. your life, it's something to look at. That yeah. is always like the fact. Well, it makes you. It makes you wonder. We're watching this, and I go, well, I don't think. I don't think I've got sex addiction, but love addiction. I mean, yeah, right. How do you not have that? <laughs> I don't see. I I was raised by wolves. Apparently, like I'm not your normal dude. I'm just not like I I I'm, my mom and my sister. Like I'm just like a. I have a, I have more of a feminine energy with with love. Maybe not other things. You know, I'm still like a kind of a douche. But with that, I'm, you don't. Do you know what I mean? You're looking at me like. No, like, no you do. <laughs> you have like a very sensitive heart. You have you have like a very like feminine sensitive outlook i think on relationships but i, I, I get do. so like hurt and then and then i'll feel better when like yesterday we weren't in a like you know i accidentally didn't lock tasha's car and someone stole her glasses out of her car mm. and, and she beat me up over it not physically but i felt so bad i was like i didn't mean to oh, the only reason the only reason i the car wasn't locked was because we, I was rushing to get us to the Red Sox game. Go Sox! And um, yeah, and and then and then you felt bad, probably because like someone went into your car. That's fucking, you know. Well, more so, like I don't keep any valuables in my car, so like they didn't get a hold of anything good, but they did take something that's a huge pain in the right. ass to replace. Yeah. You know, my glasses. I got to yeah. go get a new prescription. <laughs> like, come and on. Tasha's kind of OCD because she's like, "Why is the transponder out?" And I'm like, "Well, I didn't take it out." And we're like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, so some dude was sitting in your car. That's just so. Oof. But then, but then, so like, so then but yesterday. It, but I wasn't being hard on you. I just needed a few minutes to process my feelings. Yeah, so, you I know? know. But yeah, I know. But I'm just like the dog who's like waiting for the bone. Like, are we still good? <laughs> and then yesterday, I was like, "Oh, send me some photos from the game." And you sent me like five photos and didn't respond. And I was like, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> and then I Facetime you because I was out of work, and I Facetime her, and then you know we we're fine. But I was like, "Okay, I feel better." That can't be good. Like I don't have, I don't possess the things some guys say, like my way or the highway. Like we would have been done. So day two, you know, second bagel done, no go. Because you're, you can't have a guy who's like my way or the highway. Because you'll be like, bye. You know what I mean? Well, that's how you know we're a good pair, babe. Yeah, my addiction. You know what I mean? But I wonder. No, but I, I wonder. Think- I we think bring, you're onto something. On to see if they uh, can help us out. <laughs> <laughs> the you didn't know you were our therapist today. <laughs> we just like buckle you in. <laughs> but I wonder, like, 
do I, am I a, I mean you know what I mean like I've been to co- Codependence Anonymous mm-hmm. but only when I was like in my low yeah. lowest I've ever been in my life mm-hmm. I went and like everyone went around and said like you know their thing and I was like Ugh. just like in your just like in your movie where you're like I didn't really think yeah. I had an issue I was like no these fucking weirdos yeah that's how I felt they're like oh my, my dad meetings. doesn't this and that and then they go your turn and I go <laughs> and I start crying Oh, yeah. Some big lady, some black lady goes, oh, you, sir, are codependent. And she hugged me. <laughs> and she hugged me. And I just like, oh. And it felt so good. And I can relive that moment for the rest oh, of my life. But I was. I was fucked up. And it wasn't until I had to say it. I get up and I talk all day long. My throat was being strangled. Whatever, whatever adrenaline or whatever it is that your body dumps, it all went into here and I was being choked and I couldn't yeah. talk. It's your th- Throat chakra. You have a blockage, I, a communication oh blockage. I literally, and I didn't, and I wasn't eating. It was a whole fuck. It was a whole thing. And the th- the only time that I've gotten out of these bad these bad spots is just going out there, eating healthy, starting to get some exercise, and then do. And but what I'm doing is doing all the things that fuel me. That that you know what I mean. Like I had to yeah, get to like that key. that yeah. horrible. And they were in you know, like it was always like the worst of the winter, the this the that, and then. Just like as the spring, you know, spring's coming out and I'm just like, oh, I'm better than this issue. This is ridiculous. And then I can just, but you know what I mean? But I have to realize that I possess that even in a relationship, knowing that we're, that you're not sort of like even rejecting me, that I still possess that ability to bring myself down. Yeah. And that's that, having that awareness is such a already big step because you're aware of it and it comes up and it's okay that it comes up and then you don't have to act on it. That's how I found myself when I have like stuff come up for me. And now you're in a relationship now. Yes. How do you how do you keep the relationship healthy and not too Well, it's so what's so cool about the dating plan what I feel like it helped with is like our foundation is so strong and healthy so that like, you know, since we started off not being with each other 24/7, it's like both of us really need our individual time to take care of ourselves or we're very good at speaking up right away and um How's it listening? Like listening, like if one has an issue, you're, you know. Yeah, and a big thing too, I feel like, especially like with codependence, is like taking each other's stuff on. We've gotten really good now about just letting the person express it um, and then being able to just validate their feelings and like, you know, empathize with them, but like not try to have to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like a big deal. Validating the feelings, that's a big deal. It's a just big be like, one. I believe it just, you. It just hushes it just hushes them down as soon as you just validate of like, oh well that that sucks. That does suck. Or like that makes sense that you'd be feeling that way. And so many things are out of our control. Mm-hmm. There it's a, there's things that I, I get anxiety about like traffic, you know, yeah. stupid stuff that's just like so out of my control. Mm-hmm. Like there's no sense being upset about it or feeling upset about it. And there's no sense need for you to try and chill me out in traffic we're just gonna live well sometimes though because i feel like your driving will become erratic (laughs) i'd be like this is now a dangerous situation (laughs) like the other night after your stupid glasses were stolen you were weaving in and out trying to get to that halloween party we had a big rainbow she painted in the back seat we went out as a double rainbow so she's like mad and i'm carrying a a rainbow (laughs) i'm literally holding a double giant rainbow it's the size of the car to feel my feelings for a minute and she's looking for she's looking for her glasses she takes the rainbow out and throws it on the ground like the irony here <laughs> breaking a rainbow in half. No, but I understand. Like, yeah, it's about being on the same team. But also, I mean, are there times when you can validate the other one's opinion, but also be like, not their opinion, but you can validate their feelings. But also, you know, at one point, guys, we love to fix things. When do, when, when do you let your boyfriend start to work on the fixing? 
side of things. Or, well, there's or not nothing at all. to fix though, because that's just like it always makes it worse when he tries to fix it. Yeah. So I, I would always just rather. So when we were doing couples therapy, we did this kind of therapy called Imago, which is so you learn how to have these intimate, difficult conversations in a very safe, structured way. And it's just one person saying their stuff, the other person kind of repeating it back, then validating the feelings and then empathizing with them, like saying, I imagine that's really hard or I imagine this is blah, blah, blah. Like that makes sense. And like, that's it. So it's built on empathy and just validating and like listening Oh, that's good. The fixing makes it worse. It always makes it worse. Yeah. Then you'll it's have, tough. Yeah. I'm a game it, it, plan it guy. Is, it is hard. Oh, you don't have... Oh, you, oh, this is your issue? Here we go. I got the tool belt out. I'm ready to go. But yeah, it's, it, and that's not... And that's, that's always the... It's like whatever someone's problems are, it's probably... That's just like the the reaction to what their inner problems are. So fixing that is just putting a Band-Aid on it, really. We should try that. We don't, we don't do that. No, we don't do that. That would be really interesting to try. In fact, I would say that that's probably our biggest, our weakest point as a couple is our ability to... Validate. Because we get scared of each other's emotions. Well, and also I would say like whenever we have an argument or like feel like I'm I'm very quick with an apology and I feel like he is very Whoa. slow with an <laughs> slow with an I apology. I understand you feel and that way. <laughs> I think that's one of that's a component of feeling validated. Is right. like that I recognize that I did something that was wrong or th- thoughtless or whatever it was, recognizing that this happened, admitting to it and then we move on, yeah. you know, it, but, but like it's last just, night, you, want, you just want the validation. What are you talking about? Last, last night? night I had some <laughs> granola, some coconut granola thing. I ate, I ate something <laughs> and then, and then she goes, she goes, oh, I, why did you eat that? Blah, blah, blah. And I go, it was <laughs> no, coconut granola. Like and she thought it was the edible macaroons. Uh, and he has already eaten the entire <laughs> bag of. And I was, and I'm, one. I don't really, my emotion when she, and I was like, no. And she, and she immediately knew she was arguing about the wrong thing. She goes, well, then I take that back. No, I said disregard. <laughs> I was like, you don't disregard <laughs> emotions like that. I don't disregard, know. Disregard, my bad. Sorry. So how do you get, well, okay. I have a few questions. In today's world, I, I'm I I I I believe I am a feminist in the sense that I I believe people can do whatever they want with their bodies, uh, and of course there's more to it than that. But in the world now, it's like I'm fuck whoever I want, mm-hmm. you know, and that might work for some people, it but it's a very some... traditional way of thinking to be to to talk about your dating plans. Very right, traditional, yeah. and a lot of people might be like, you know, yeah. how do you how do you defend that when when people are saying just do whatever the fuck you want, fuck them, well, okay. it's your body. You know, what I think is that if that works for you, great. Everyone should be If you doing, feel healthy, if yeah. you're not impacting anyone else in a negative way. Just like do you. But if it's not working for you like it did for me of like just not working and I'm destroying myself and I think I'm going to kill myself. Like there's this other way to try that's worth trying. Yeah, it's time to reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. Even for people who don't have a problem, you know, so I really believe that like setting a foundation just like you were talking about changes the dating game it changes it it really sets you up for success in a way that like all of this other stuff kind of sets you up for failure Mm -hmm. now when you're when you're hitting your bottom when it's at the lowest the low when you're in your first 30 days i mean any any clue that you would have been starring opposite an academy nominated in an academy winning actors melissa leo and john hawk no like i mean at what point does it 
it, do you feel like this movie's coming out November 1st? Yes. Uh, which is, I believe, Thursday? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the morning after Halloween. Amazing. Uh, like, <laughs> what? The, the more, the, you know what? That's actually symbolic because November 1st is the morning when you're wiping off the makeup. <laughs> yeah. Stumbling home. Who you were pretending to be. <laughs> and you're finding your real person. You're hungover. When you dress, when you get out of your sexy nurse costume and put on regular clothes. <laughs> yeah. And you're, and you're, uh, I made a, I made a short years ago called November 1st and it's just me in a cat suit, like in a female's like cat suit meeting all these other people like you know heckling me for my walk of shame and then i meet a cat woman also on a walk of shame it was a very <laughs> love moment but yeah but that's a, that's interesting that it's coming out i mean at like what point does this reality hit that like you've made this project and i know like independent films can be a long process when oh, yeah. how long has it been it's been so crazy because you know when i first met mark it was january 2015 the same month that i decided to start taking recovery seriously because I almost killed myself. So it's like that was almost four years ago. So it's been such a long journey because I've had so many different moments because even like when we started shooting the film in 2016, I could not even believe like the whole I'd be in a scene and then I just would be like checking out and be like, what? Melissa Leo's talking to me right now. Like, I'd be like, What's happening right now? She's what? so good. Why am I here? Like it was so weird um but there was like one morning that i even drove to set and i just started crying because i just couldn't even believe it like Amazing. i was so grateful of like how did i even get here? yeah how does gratitude work into all of all of these emotions during your rec- recovery process it's just so it's so overwhelming because it's it's literally the exact opposite of the guilt yes that you feel yeah. that 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 guilt when when you're failing when yeah. you're looking at yeah, your yeah, ex's yeah, social yeah, media yeah. to now being grateful for the choices you've made. Absolutely, because it just took everything that I've ever lived and turned it into something good. You know, you're taking the darkness and transmuting it into light. So it makes everything completely worth it and I wouldn't change any of it because it got me to now and now is awesome. Now. And it's sort of like for people who are into the law of attraction, it's like you're spending all of this time in recovery, focusing on yourself, yeah. doing all of these positive things. Yeah. And, you know, I like to believe that good begets good. Absolutely. You know, when you're yeah. working on yourself, you're, more things are going to come to you that are good for you. You work on yourself. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, my, my mantra is leap in the net will appear. Mm-hmm. So it's all about just like taking that risk when you believe in yourself mm-hmm. and when you feel ready for it and you only take it at the exact moment that's right for yes. you. Uh, a lot of listeners have their own issue with whatever, you know, whatever it is they're searching for. Not everyone's trying to make, a, you know, a movie with Academy Award winners. <laughs> and, you know, and that's it. But that's the LA we live in. It's like, yeah, well, if I'm a sex addict. I, I might yeah. as well have an Oscar. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's amazing. <laughs> but it's like everyone's got their own slice of reality that they're trying to recover from their issues, whether it's sex addiction or gambling or porn or whatever it is. We've all got something. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's a great example for people, not just in the sex addiction world, but in the world of just like a woman who's trying to own her shit mm-hmm. and like, and like be, you know, like, so how the, a lot of times when you reach these, these, these levels of enlightenment, people, friends either come with you or they don't. Right. Like, were, did you lose a lot of friends when yes. you, when you had to get uh, in this sober mindset? Absolutely. They That's just, a big part of recovery. I feel like, or like the people that don't necessarily align with that kind of just fade away. Cause what are you talking Party's about? Over. What are you talking about now that you're not like talking about who to hook up with? Yeah. You know? Or and, getting drunk yeah. or whatever it is. And they might they might need 
that as well to right. to hit their level where they need to become a better version of themselves or they just decide that they're just going to be a flat kind of like that's who they are for the rest yeah. of their life and sometimes people don't find that till their deathbed my dad was like that till his deathbed where then he kind of like was like oh fuck like i fucked up all these things and it was like well that was enough time that was good you know what i mean but if you can figure this out yeah. in your earlier years it's a little bit better but also there's people like your parents who you don't get you know you can graduate from your college friends or from certain friends but you get you have your parents have they watched the film have they seen how they're portrayed um, well, my dad passed away in 2006. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and then my mom moved back to the Philippines after he passed away. And I, I'm not very close with my family. I think that's kind of common in a lot of addicts' experience. But I'm not very close with my family. Um, but they're they're polite and supportive about it from afar, you know, the best that they can be. And your support system here, besides your sponsor, did you have some close friends that were... Well, my what's so cool now is that I have my chosen family here. So there's a couple who I kind of consider as my sponsor. They're a couple in their 70s that live in Encino. And about five years ago, I met them even before I started recovery. And they um, basically saved my life and taught me how to love myself and forgive everybody, forgive myself, get rid of the shame, all the basic stuff. And... Um, I still see them for dinner every Sunday and I call them my that spirit is parents. So cool. And they've like seen the movie so many times and like cry every time and they're so uh, proud of me. Like that that's my family. You are know? you um no, were you born in the Philippines? No, I was born in San Jose. Okay. Because um, I look at, you know, like being from New England, the Catholic stamp on, oh, yeah. on our upbringing is so strong there. Our friend Gilbert is from, um, his parents are uh, from the Philippines. And I know he's got a very specific stamp of like how they were raised. I know Tiger Moms. Every, yeah. Everyone's got the thing that fucked them, that fucked their generation up. Yeah. And and so like talking about sex, not going to happen. Barely got a birds no. and the bees talk. We, you know, my mom I got rented us a, we got like a library, a book from the library that was like a cartoon book of how sex was made. You know? <laughs> like, it was like it was like when a man loves a woman and i was like what the? i'm like seven and i'm like what my sister's laughing it was the strangest thing yeah. but it made sure my mom tried she tried right. but i had an aunt who was who's an actress moved out to la and like the whole family's in new england she's in la she had you know a sex addiction and drugs and uh, 80s 90s that whole thing and um she had to kind of be the odd child who actually came out and, and got into recovery like that just wasn't mm, something yeah. that existed in totally. the religious sense yeah. which is weird because i think the principles of of the 12-step programs they are a lot of them are based on the bible and they're based on all right aren't they aren't they based on a lot of the same principles of religion uh, I see it as a spiritual program more than a religious program, but I don't know much about, I don't remember much about it. In that. AA, they do ask you to believe in a higher power. Yeah, whether it's the that same, be but God. That's, that's, okay. I see that as spiritual. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not exactly, it's like, it's about you and not the group like how you work for it well that's interesting um did i miss anything i want to make sure i got everything and it, so it's going to be released in theaters on thursday and then streaming do you, where's it going to be streaming uh, itunes amazon google play voodoo microsoft on november 2nd amazing so and, and i wrote down the one quote i wrote down was i think john hawk said it in the movie the, the whole world is a trigger I just, oh. I just loved that quote. I really did. Because you were like talking about your... He goes, the whole world's a trigger. Yeah. And it really is. Like we live in this world. We share it with each other. Tasha, your traffic is a trigger. <laughs> yeah. You live in Los Angeles. Yeah. We've all got... I had to realize it was no, stand No, but that's up. why you, ha you learn to manage. That's I, I, why doing the work is so important. I because the triggers aren't going yeah. away. I dance with the devil every time I get on stage where I could come home and just be like, bam! 
shit. Fuck that guy. Or you know what I do is I my my thing is I'll look on social media, see all the highlights of other people in in the industry, and think that they're just outperforming me. Of it's course. Got, and it does got nothing to do with me. And that's what it is. It's got nothing to do with me. It was that was that part of yours where you had like like you you weren't so much comparing with others, but like like seeing some happy uh, person on their wedding day is that something that would set you off? Oh, like absolutely. some people just can't even be happy for others because it's like I don't why don't I have that? It's so easy to compare yourself, especially in this town when all your friends are like getting jobs and like you're like well maybe next year <laughs> and i finally got into that with the like seeing diamond rings and seeing like you know some guy like buddies and my we all went to the same business school but i i do this and they're out there you know on the stock exchange i'm like oh well it must be nice to get done at 5 p.m at night it must be nice to make all that money but like that and i'm just like what the fuck am i doing I'm, I'm, i am happy i'm living my dream but it comes with the price of like you know being a part of like the freelance culture and the the you have to believe in yourself way more than any anyone else because you're not on on the salary or on the payroll you know what i mean so like it i think my own my own addictions it's been more of like a battlefield being in this industry Mm -hmm. making me like face them where i feel like a lot of people don't have to necessarily face their addictions because they get that nine to five or they get that you know salary and they, they can just like sort of I don't know, mask. It's I don't know. Well, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. That's what's cool about the comparing is in, in the end, you have no idea. And that's what I feel like has been so cool about 12 Step is like hearing people's stories because then you see somebody that you think they have their life together or you see someone that you've seen in a movie or a TV and then they're in the meeting like talking about like how they want to kill themselves too. Like and you have that in common. Like it's like you don't know what people are fighting. And here I am still yeah. trying to compare to others. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're so right. And it's it's all about and and look like in social media is you know we we put our best stuff out there right? I think with the, at least with the podcast is we try to validate like every conversation we have I'm always aware of not wanting to come off as the perfect couple mm-hmm. or perfect whatever because like I'm not one of those guys who's like a salesman like dude you got to do this everything's great it's like no like I'm you know what I mean we're like, figuring it out too and like the real and raw is what people appreciate and it resonates with them I think that's why your movie is so powerful it's real and raw it's honest and it's not unlovable it's very lovable <laughs> but the movie's called unlovable the film's called unlovable comes out november 1st streaming november 2nd i'll put all the details in the description but thanks so much for stopping thank by thank you so much for having me and, like, it was so- really great talking to you your social media or anything else you need to plug what's your social media so uh, you can-, can follow me on twitter Shar starlene Okay, and I'll put a link to that as well. And um, again, everyone, go support her and listen. You know, watch the the movie. It's, it's it, was, it was awesome. It was great. It was great to get to chat with you. And um, and and like we'll we'll see what's next. Everybody, that's the Text Action Podcast. Bye. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's really, I, I wish every movie we watched we could get our <laughs> questions answered. <laughs> <Yes. answer. laughs> <laughs> and we do a Oh yeah. Let's do that. Oh, but we're sitting right behind you. Yeah.